UNC beat Duke over the weekend. Now, we, we've talked about the ins and outs of it, right? We've talked about uh, what Duke lacks. We talked about what UNC brought to the table. We talked about Armando Baycott uh, showing up and playing like the Armando Baycott we've, we've known in the past. We've talked about that. But we haven't talked about what impact it has on the ACC. If Armando Baycott plays like he did against Duke, the gap between them and everyone else in the ACC is not a small gap. It is a cavernous canyon, right? It is no bridge could span the, the width. If, if Armando Baycott plays like that, it is North Carolina as a tier, and then there is 50 feet and then somebody else. Head and shoulders above the rest. Yes, now that's a big if with Armando Baycott. There's still, even if he doesn't play like that in the biggest games, if if it's just Harrison Ingram and R.J. Davis and some form of, of not superstar Armando Baycott, they're still first. Just the gap is not as wide. Here's Hubert Davis on Armando Baycott getting more involved in games. I mean, we had a really nice time together just, um, you know, talking about him and – and what is needed for him personally and for our team to be the best that he can be. Um, I know people have told me that he's has said um, that, you know, he, taking a reserve role or, you know, this is this person's team and my, my role has changed. And I told him, I, I, I've never told you that. For us to be the best team that we can be, we need you being a dude. I kind of love that, right? Armando Baycott's going, like, I'm sacrificing. My role is changing. <laughs> Hubert Davis is looking at him like, huh, why? <laughs> uh, did I ask you to do that? No, you're still one of the veteran players on this team. It's you and R.J. Davis. Yeah, it's it's go get it. So if he goes and gets it, if that's the new Davis, or sorry, if, if that's the new Baycott, that's going to be uh, the number one team. Where does the ACC go from there? Next up, tied in the loss column, UVA and Duke. That's a, the fact that UVA is that high this year is a little concerning because I've watched them play quite a bit. They're not a great UVA team. Well, they've kind of come out of nowhere. It's completely fair some years, right? Tony Bennett, when he when he has the talent, when he has the team put together the way – I mean, they won a national championship not that long ago. When he has everything put together the way he wants, it is not an insult to lose to UVA. It is not an insult for them to be near the top of the conference. This year, a little concerned. They're always going to be a good defensive team. I didn't think they had the offensive power. If they're the second best or third best team in the ACC, that says something about the ACC. Duke is in third. They just got manhandled by UNC and has a couple bad losses on top of that. Georgia Tech and Pitt stick out. Then there's NC State, Florida State, and Wake Forest tied in the loss column with four losses. They have all individually severely underperformed at times this year. I mean, what was it? Wake Forest lost like four of six. NC State lost three straight to teams that I didn't think they 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 definitely should have lost three straight to. I'm big on on don't confuse an easy schedule with a good team, right? Don't confuse a team that ran through a bunch of scrubs and and think that a, a great win loss record matters. But what if an easy schedule gets you a top four seed in the ACC tournament and a lovely path through that tournament? Right? What if a down year in the – like, if nobody is going to vault, if nobody is going to uh, separate themselves other than UNC, 
you might be able to stumble and or back into what the number two seed in the the ACC tournament, right? Not playing till Thursday. Not playing anything real till Friday. Not playing UNC until at least the championship, if at all. Here's what the question becomes, right? Anytime you see parity, because the it's cliche in sports to say you want parity. I want the NFL to be parity. I want every game to be good. You got to decide if it's parity or quality, right? Competitive doesn't always mean quality. They're not synonymous. I've seen some of the worst games played where both teams are terrible go to overtime, right? Competitive parity playing to the same level doesn't mean playing to a good level. We're going to have to decide whether two through seven or eight in the ACC are parity because they're all like solid or if they all stink or if they're somewhere in the middle because they're all pretty darn even, right? They all play each other to, to basically a stalemate, right? Team A beats Team B, Team B beats Team C, Team C beats Team A. Who's the best team there? All we know is, is that that they're all one and one, and they all have wins over a team that that kind of you know they they the triangle beat themselves in circles. I have a bigger, broader question to ask you, Tim. I, I love big, broad questions regarding North, Car- regarding North Carolina. Do they have a chance to win out? They have a chance. I, uh, after seeing the Georgia Tech game, I wouldn't. You know, they they're beatable, and they they. You know, other teams, you know, it's important to remember, other teams in the ACC are still teams in the ACC. They can be down. They still have a couple guys that can go. Um, I wouldn't expect them to run the table. Virginia on the road, February 24th. I mean, Virginia. Will be hard. Virginia, eh, yes. I mean, if UNC plays the way they played against Duke, no, but that was at home. Uh, UVA, like, that's what I'm saying. UVA is right now second in the standings in the ACC. They don't scare me. That's a problem for the ACC, uh, more so than it is a problem for UVA, right? UVA, you are what your record says you are. You are what the standings say you are. They, if they, if they take care of business down the stretch, they'll be the number two seed in the ACC tournament. Otherworldly, right? Way to go! You, you won't tell me the number, second team in the ACC isn't great, but I'm looking at them going, I don't see greatness. You could say the whole ACC is kind of like Wake Forest right now. Where I'm going, I'm watching you, and what I'm seeing doesn't add up to what I what I my logical brain is telling me. I refuse to believe the ACC isn't going to turn out four or five legit teams. But I also refuse to say I've seen four or five teams play legit basketball. I'm looking at Duke. I mean, I'm looking at Florida State. I'm looking at UVA. I'm looking at NC State. I'm looking at all these teams that are near the top half or in the top half of the rankings. Even a team like Miami that we know has has some guys that can go. Like, I'm looking at these squads and saying, somebody separate. Somebody separate. And if nobody does, then we have to decide whether they're not separating because they're all equally good or if they're not separating because they're all equally mediocre. Are they going to overtime against each other because they're equally mediocre or because they played a great competitive game? That's what we have to decide. And what North Carolina is doing is showing they're a level above, right? They they, they aren't in this conversation. I think Kansas has done the, the, the same overtime in the Big 12. The Big 12, their non-conference schedule, go look at everyone in the Big 12's non-conference schedule. They don't play anybody. Then look at Kansas's non-conference schedule. They play somebody, right? They're a different beast. They're in their own category. 
this year, Kansas is more kind of as a program as a whole, but this year, UNC, they're a different beast. They're a different beast. Let's get to the podium. Uh, <laughs> that's the transition right there. Uh, the podium every week, we look at just the last week. This is not cumulative. It is not a season-long award. It is just the last week. We take the four teams in the ACC uh, from the state of North Carolina, and we put them on the podium. Gold, silver, bronze, and off the podium because not everybody gets a trophy here on the drive with Tim Donnelly. Uh, we'll start with off the podium. This was actually tough. Two teams competing. Um, I put Wake Forest off the podium. For the simple fact of I think their loss at Pitt is the worst of the bunch, right? Uh, nobody went winless. Everybody won at least one game over the last week. Uh, and I think the the loss at Pitt was the worst, 72-77 or 77-72, Pitt won. Um, but then they destroyed Syracuse, which plays in further to my frustration with Wake. Wake, like, is 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 a good team, right? You look at the, the, the parts. They have good perimeter play. They have good big guys. They have a stretch forward. Like, they have all of the parts. And they just, they, there's no reason they should lose to Pitt 77-72. They were able to get good additions in the portal this past season. They get good additions in the portal every season. And it just feels like, to me, it feels like after that loss to NC State in Raleigh, their season's kind of derailed a little bit. And, and then they do something like whip up on Syracuse and win by darn near 30 and almost score 100. And I'm going, that proves that the Pitt game should never have happened. You yeah. play like you did against Syracuse, you probably whip up on Pitt. So it's they're they're so frustrating, so frustrating. That's why they're off the podium. This next team maybe equally as equally as frustrating. Duke, they're bronze. They got the bronze medal. Duke did. They beat Virginia Tech in a in a kind of ho hum manner. Uh, actually, I liked that game. I thought they played well. I thought they played intense. Uh, but then they lose to UNC by nine, and and like the UNC loss by Duke is not as bad on paper as losing to a team like Pitt, which is something Duke did earlier this year. But the eye test is pretty bad. The fashion that they lost it in. Dare I say, it looked like Duke was too scared of the lights almost. Some, Yeah. I, I, I try not to say this often, but I've been saying about it all year. Soft comes to mind. Yeah. Talented, yep. They didn't shoot the ball lights, lights out, but they have the ability to shoot the ball lights out. Um, good perimeter player, a wooden award candidate down low. Uh, but, but, you know, the, I mean, I, I've been trying to rework the phrase, right? The phrase is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I want to rephrase that with like confidence and attitude beats talent when talent doesn't have confidence and attitude, right? Duke is talented beyond all get out, but they, they don't have that other thing. It's actually in a weird way, and I don't want to go down the full politics of it, but uh, for golf fans out there, there's Live and there's PGA. And this weekend, because the PGA had a bunch of weather delays and everything, people tuned in to Live. And the number one thing I've heard about Live is, I don't know, it's just there's something missing, right? It, it's a, a care, the stakes seem low, the players don't seem really locked in, there's this weird team element, there's music playing, it's just missing something. That's kind of how I feel watching Duke, right? It's it's They have guys that can shoot. They have guys that can score down low. They have guys that can defend. They have a coach that I like. I like Shire. They, they, they 
have it all, but there's just something missing, a certain je ne sais quoi. Let's hear from Shire after the game on the main factors for the loss versus UNC. Give them credit. You know, they, uh, they came out more ready than we did. Um, they're, they're really good. You know, uh, Ingram and Baycott had, had two big-time games tonight, and we didn't have an answer for that. Um, they really got all the 50-50 balls that you need to get, the rebounds, the, the loose balls, and throughout the game, that really hurt us. I bet it was 15, 20 points just off of that. And, uh, you know, we scored. 84 points. It was, it was our defense and the loose balls and the rebounds. So this is disappointing, very disappointing. We didn't, we didn't compete the, the way that you need to compete to beat them who they are at this point on the road. You need to have uh, – you need to be better. And uh, uh, we need to learn from this. They got all the 50-50 balls. And I'm disappointed. We've all heard the phrase at some point. Most of us, right? I don't know. Maybe there's some of you that were uh, very, very goody-goody two-shoes. I'm not angry with you. I'm disappointed. I want Shire to do the reverse. I'm not disappointed. I'm angry, right? That's an anger-inducing loss. They got all the 50-50 balls. We lost by nine. We scored 84 points. He just said 19 or 20 points came on effort and second chance. You mean you could have won by 10 if you just out-hustled and out-efforted them? How does that not make your blood boil? That's how you end up a bronze, despite having the best loss, quote-unquote, of the bunch. But to me, it feels like John Shire, after that game in his post-game press conference, you could feel the anger. Or at least to me, I could see it in his face. And I feel like Let it, it loose. I feel like it comes from... Not the turnovers, which I know Seth Greenberg tried to make it out at halftime that Duke was the turnovers were killing Duke, which they were, but it just came down to Duke just not seem like they were ready to play against North Carolina in a rivalry matchup. If if he is angry like behind his eyes, right? If you look into him and you see a fire burning, let it loose. Like it's hard work to to suppress that. Let it go one time. Let it go one time. And maybe that'll like you know, teams take on the 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 image of their coach in a lot of ways. And if you let it go, maybe that'll allow your team to play with a little bit of emotion. That's bronze for Duke. Silver goes to NC State. Credit where it's due. It's been a while since they've been in the top two. Uh, they beat Miami 74-68. They beat Georgia Tech 82-76. There's an argument that they should have the gold. No losses. Took care of business. Miami and Georgia Tech, at least a middle of the pack ACC teams. No pun intended with pack. Uh, the GT win, the Georgia Tech win, could be them. What I'm calling this is like NC State getting back to being NC State. Don't turn the ball over. Force turnovers. Trust your guys. Be a veteran squad. Put could, teams away. Could be, Yeah, exactly. Put them away. Could be them getting back to being them after a weird detour. They took, they took a gap year in Europe and got into some weird stuff. Right, they, they 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 went they went and lost some games that I don't think they had any business losing. But but if they come back and they start getting back to them, that could change things. They need to beat Pittsburgh on Wednesday, but but they've gotten they've gotten somewhere, right? They've done something. Here's Kevin Keats on the energy that ignited their team. Well, you know, I I thought it was a defensive end. You know, we got stingy, and we started you know sitting down and we started guarding. You know, we got some turnovers. We were able to get into our press and. 
once we got into our press, I thought it affected the game. Uh, you know, at halftime, we talked about it. They were going more one-on-one than anything. And at the end of the day, I think that at, at the first half, they had two assists, and, and we felt like we just didn't guard well enough. And so once we decided to guard, I think things opened up for us. Think about that, right? We're going back to what I said earlier, and, and, and I'm going to touch on this, this point, this fact, until it proves otherwise. They played four guys, this little win streak, and a win streak of two games, back-to-back wins, if you don't want to call it a streak. Miami and Georgia Tech uh, that took place this week. They played four guys, O'Connell, Taylor, Morsell, and Horn. More minutes than they played any any quattro, any quad, any foursome this year. Uh, and, and think about what he just said, right? They got to pressing. Pressing is a way to expend more energy, right? That's not what you do when you're trying to preserve energy. That's saying we're going to play you 33, 34, 35, 36 minutes, and we're going to need you to be – Pedal to the floor, all energy out there all the time. When we start guarding, defense and rebounding is energy. They put guys on the floor and trusted them to be really, really good and really, really engaged for a really, really long time, and they lived up to it. Now that they've earned that trust, let them do it again. If you need the press, if you need the jolts, if you need the change, do it. Even if you have guys that are playing their 29th minute of the game and should be exhausted, they find a way to get it done. We're also not really mentioning how they limited DJ's Bur- DJ Burns' minutes against Miami, played him a little bit more against Georgia Tech, got 10 rebounds. 10 rebounds. That's, to me, reacting. 20 minutes, 10 rebounds, that's him not playing in a game and seeing DR and Middlebrooks kind of rebounding the basketball better as of late and him saying, all right, I got you, coach, right? I can do that or some of that. He's still going to be – at times, a liability on defense. It's just a, a, a natural kind of physical limitation. But if you can get his offense there and he's rebounding and ending possessions, you can play him bigger minutes. Coach Keats, I get it. My NIL deal with the pit and <laughs> downtown rallies more than more than this more than this team. My, I mean the NIL or is it more than was, this team? <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, wait, uh, he's got some NIL deals. Uh, everybody does, but focus has to be where the focus has to be. Speaking of the focus has to be where the focus has to be, uh, let's get to gold. The gold medal goes to UNC. Now, I understand they lost to Georgia Tech, 74-73, and NC State, who just got the silver, hasn't lost this week. The GT loss is bad. The, the Yellow Jackets loss is not a good one. But they more than made up for it with the way they won over Duke. And down the road, I don't think that Georgia Tech loss is really going to matter. And this Carolina team continues to play like they did Saturday night. Yes, and and they did all – if you watch the Duke-UNC game, they, they had all the stats on, like, with a win, the percentage of having at least a share of the ACC cha- uh, regular season title goes to this amount. Like, that win really set UNC up for uh, a very high likelihood of winning the ACC and at the very least tying atop the lead for the ACC. Um, but to me, it's it's a it's an eye test thing. Watching that game, watching them get up for a big game, if you assume that that is what North Carolina can do, and sometimes veterans have that ability where they can gear themselves up and they can go play better when the lights are brighter. Granted, it was at home, and they have to go to Durham later in the season. We'll see if Duke can can counter. But if you you say that's the big game UNC, that's going to be really hard to beat in a big game tournament games, those types of things. It's going to be a really, really big game. 
Here's Harrison Ingram, who, by the way, had, what was it, 21 and 13, knocked down five threes, had a whole bunch of steals, was Johnny on the spot in a million different ways for UNC in his first game against Duke for the Tar Heels. This was his introduction to the rivalry. Safe to say the moment wasn't too big for him. He had his sister, who plays for the Duke volleyball team, wearing a UNC jersey in the stand, blood thicker than, than fandom, I guess, and, and, and played huge. Here's Ingram on what his first Duke-UNC game was like. It was crazy. <laughs> I can't put it into words, you know, just, just being in the UNC Duke game. I remember watching when I was a kid. I remember visiting here and going to the UNC Duke game, and all my friends were jealous because I got to go to the UNC Duke game, and now that I'm playing in it, I mean, I feel like I'm still in a dream. Exactly. He wasn't saying, like, oh, it's a brutal, oh, it was a fist fight out there, oh, it was, it was intense. He was just saying it was a dream. I went out there. I made all my jumpers. I was out there. I got all my steals, snagged all my rebounds. We got the dub. It was a dream. He also mentioned in his post-game press coverage that when he was laying in bed that morning when he woke up, he started just dreaming in his head of shots that he was going to start making in the game that night. Got up, made his bed, ate a good breakfast, apparently listened to Shakira and Rihanna. Shakira, his, hey, uh, whatever gets you going. It's pregame playlist, and uh, look what happened. Hips don't lie, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever gets you going. UNC gets the gold. That's a big win for them. Set them up for the ACC championship run uh, regular season if, if they can keep it up. And Baycott played great. We talked about that earlier. Uh, check it out on our podcast and, and all our other avenues.